It's all connected. This is the RussJohnson.com podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Baby. It is all connected. RussJohnson.com. Russ Johnson talking to you. Glad that you decided to come back once again. And today we're going to do an interview. My second interview. And as I have spoken about before, I love discussing the supernatural, things that are invisible, including the spiritual realm. And today I'm going to be speaking with a popular psychic medium and sexologist. Her name is Dr. Rom Weber, and we had a very nice discussion about how she does what she does, about maybe some suggestions for people who've never had a psychic reading before. And yeah, it was really just a really good conversation. So let's dive right in. Are you in the United States? Yes, I am. I'm based in the New York metro area. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, what is a sexologist? I'm, I'm, I've heard this and I'm not really clear on what you do there. Sure. Well, it's actually what I did. Let me explain. Um, a sexologist is somebody who's got um, a training in the field of human sexuality, which is broadly defined. So sexology is the scientific study of human sexuality. And then how one would apply that, most people become sex therapists. So counseling sex therapists, where people come uh, to their office, for example. And the difference between, say, a sexologist and a psychologist with that the sexologist has the expertise with human sexuality and may not be a psychologist, which is true in my case. And then there are different ways that one could apply the understanding of human sexuality into that practice, usually in a twofold way. Either people are unhappy with their intimate lives and they're going to make it better, or they're happy and they're looking for something new to learn about or some ideas to bring in. And that was that is what you would call sexuality enhancement education. Got it. And how does that tie into being a psychic and a medium? Okay, so completely separate. So okay. uh, just to give you a little bit of background, I grew up in a more or less conservative home where there was an expectation that I was going to be a doctor, lawyer, or something similar to that. And I continued through graduate school. I got the degree in human sexuality. I did open a private practice. Um, sometime during that period of time, I discovered I had the ability to work as a medium and a psychic, which was completely unexpected. Okay, and let's talk about that just a second. How did you sure. discover? Well, it was a gradual unfoldment over the years. Uh, I certainly had the childhood experiences that many people talk about, about you know your invisible friend and feeling spirits and things like that. Um, but it was considered you know a, a hobby. It wasn't something to be taken seriously, right? And so um, I could... Uh, I think one of the things when I was a teenager I remember I could do was I could take uh, like people's keys or something like that and hold them and have a sense of the history of their owner, these kinds of things. So I was very good with psychometry. And then some spontaneous experiences happened when I was just, um, you know, looking into divination, looking into these things where I was actually able to bring through uh, people. And I started trying to find a way to organize that experience because frankly i'd never heard of a medium before i knew psychics but i didn't know about mediums what was and that like what, what was the experience the experience of actually conveying spirit for the first couple of times yeah the, yeah the first time that happened <laughs> what what is it that happened that's really interesting i think it can be best described as renting your brain huh. so basically we're trying to take our um our resting mental state if you will and quiet down the monkey mind 
and quiet down the personal thoughts and the personal emotions and get to a space where you can be very receptive to messages, images, impressions, feelings, and so forth communicated by the spirit world. Did you do that intentionally or did it happen by accident? It, my, my first experience of doing it was spontaneous. I was um, working with runes, which are a divination tool because I never got tarot and I'm not good at astrology and things like that. And I was looking for a way to do it that was more cohesive rather than just a, a piece at a time. And that's really when it spontaneously happened where I was able to convey a person's grandmother coming through. And the experience was one of such elevation and joy and love. And I was between two people that loved each other, one on the earth plane and one on the spirit side of life. And it was such an incredible experience that I thought, my God, if I can do this a second time, I think I'm going to be in love. I'm going to be in love with this work. And so at the time, I didn't know about spiritualist churches. We didn't have the mediums on TV like we have them today. And I thought, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put an ad online. And I'm going to say, if a person is willing to meet with me in a coffee shop and help me practice, um, we'll have a cup of coffee and we'll practice. And I started developing. And when I got to the point that I was working with great accuracy, um, that's when I hung the shingle out. So it took some time. How did, how did you know it was accurate? It comes from the feedback of the clients. Either they can affirm it or deny it. Oh, okay. Make perfect sense. I would say it like this. Um, in most of my sessions, people are able to accept the information that comes through by and large. But sometimes information comes through that the client did not know. So they've got to go and do some research. And so over the years, you know, I get these emails of, Dr. Rom, do you remember when you said, and usually I don't because when you work with thousands of people, you know, you don't remember every reading, of course. Um, and as I was doing this, it was like, um, you know, you, you, you have people getting these emails to come back and they're saying like, um, you know, do you remember when this happened? Or I, I researched it, I look back on it. And um, then they were able to provide that information. And that validation. What do you think this information is coming from? My belief system at this point, having seen so much evidence that I could not possibly have thought of on my own, tells me it's coming from infinite intelligence or intelligence that continues on to the spirit side of life. I do feel very strongly now that we take our memories, um, and our memories of the life we left behind and the relationships and the love with us. In my experience, what mediumship has to give to the world is evidence to strongly suggest love lives on. Dude, can you feel that though? I mean, are you feeling, is it a, a, a particular energy that you're constant, that same energy you connect with each time or can the energy feel different or is it even a feel of an energy or, I mean, what is it? I'm just curious to know what it feels like within your body. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. That's a, such an interesting question, Russ. Um, it can feel a whole lot of different ways. So at sometimes, sometimes there's um, almost no bodily sensation. It's simple thought transference. So I will get images in my imagination where we have that sense of the mental screen It'll be like somebody is projecting images onto my mental screen. Sometimes I do see outside of my imagination, but for example, it can be like that. It can be the sense of only having the mental link, which is more than enough. At other times, it's almost like you're occupying the same energy. 
field and they feel very close and there's a sense of somebody's physical presence. Um, to try and describe it, I know I know it will help you and your listeners. This is good. Are, are you familiar with the game Othello? I'm not. I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. Okay. It's a game in which you have white and black-sided magnets. And these magnets, if you hold two of them in your hands, you'll feel a sense of magnetic opposition between the two of them if they're not clicking, right? So one side, the magnets are going to be attracted to each other. And when you flip them, they will be repulsed from each other. If you think of what it feels like to have that very um, gentle force field between the two magnets, it feels a little bit like that Hmm. to work with spirit. Wow. So you get a sense of a presence but I don't need that sense of presence mm. in order to do a good mediumship sitting. I used to think I had to. And over time, I realized that that was um, an error in my thinking. So when spirit gives me information, that is our loved ones in the spirit side of life, um, I will get it in the sense of seeing images. I will hear things like um I hear voices. It's really funny to say that, but it's true. <laughs> I, I will get it through song. I will get it through sensations in my gut. Let's say, for example, a person was um, very physical in a certain kind of way when they were on the you know earth plane. Um, let's say there was an issue where somebody was um, physically abusive. You know, I might feel the sense of getting a punch or a hit for that person because they want to identify themselves with the personality they formerly had. So I can get that. I can get the sensation of a kiss or a gentle touch or something like that. But it really is unique for every single person that comes through from the spirit side of life. Are you interpreting it's the feeling of like that little kiss that you described? You're just, you just, you're interpreting that sensation or is there actually some um, how does this relate it to a channeler? That's a, maybe a better question. Is is do you know how connected and how closely related these are? Well, a couple different uh, points here. As far as channeling, the idea of channeling and making a contact with somebody who is not on the earth plane is a a large. I don't want to say, not like a suitcase, but it can describe many, many people and the kind of work that they do. I would say technically I would be considered a channeler for friends and family. So I'm not working with Archangel Michael or um, this entity or Cryon or things like that. I, it's, it's not that um, my work isn't similar because there is definitely a sense of channeling and an external consciousness of some way. But in my case, that external consciousness is pretty much limited to friends and family who my clients know. I see. Do you believe everyone has the ability to do this? Absolutely so. However, um, I think that some of us get uh, more of a running start with it, much like some people are more inclined to Olympic sports and some of us can barely hit a ball. Um, So I think there's some natural innate ability that People are given, but I do believe it's within the ability of everybody to do it. And here's why. I really feel very strongly that to understand communication between the spirit plane and the earth plane, we understand ourselves as spirit first. So I think of myself as a spirit with a body. And when I communicate with somebody on the spirit side of life, I'm communicating with the spirit 
that no longer has a body that we understand. Uh, so that's the connection there. If I were wanting to learn how to do this, what's the first step you would recommend somebody take to learn how to, to read? I'm going to sound like a broken record to your listeners, but meditation, meditation, yeah. meditation, meditation. And here's why. In order to do mediumship or psychic work or both, what you need to be able to do is you need to be able to separate your thoughts from something incoming. And not just that, but what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to take your mind to a quiet place where when that thought comes in to be able to recognize that it's not only not your thought, but to not necessarily try and make sense of it because it belongs to or for your client. So for example, if I have a mother in spirit coming through to her daughter and she is showing me in my mind's eye a picture of a chandelier, I may have no idea why the chandelier is so important, but maybe, maybe right before the mother passed on, that chandelier was a gift from the daughter. And so in order to be a good medium, good psychic, you want to be able to separate out your own opinions and judgments and this urge that we have with our left brains to make analytic sense out of everything and just be able to pass that information through without distortion, without embellishment, without flourish, so that you're literally that, you know, it's like a real-time translator, if you will, you know, and you're trying to do your best to keep your personality out of the way so that you can give this information out. And so when we talk about what does a person need to do to begin this process, right? The first thing we need to do is we need to be able to quiet the mind. And some people uh, can do this very easily. And for some people, it's a chore. And so what I would say is this, if you're not a person that can meditate sitting down and saying, "Om" or something like that, right? We're used to saying, go on a walk through a forest. Um, do something like the dishes and allow your mind to get quiet. So all that part about quieting the mind and being to able to sustain a quieted mindset is the first step. How do you know you're doing that right? It's like, you know, for the average person, I do, I meditate every day, multiple times per day. But for the average person, how would you even recognize that you had slowed your brain down enough to distinguish those two? Because a lot of times it feels to me like um, you may be making it up, right? Um, is it, does it ever feel like that to you? Or you're just, you're, it's so clear to you that this is coming from another source. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, I love your questions, Russ. This is fantastic. Um, so as far as making it up or not, how do I know that I'm accurate? Well, there's a couple things. First, we're talking about the information being accurate. And then we're talking about the idea of whether or not you're making something up. So let me address them separately. As far as the, how do I know I'm right? You need to have some kind of validation loop to improve one's ability as a psychic or medium. So for example, if somebody is interested in increasing their predictive abilities, one thing they can do is, you know, predict what the headlines are going to be like in three days and keep a running tab of that every single day so that you have an ability to, you know, figure out whether or not you were, you know, spot on or work with a development group, something like that. You know, that's one way of doing it. But, you know, the, the very interesting question that you're talking about um, is, you know, how do you know you're, you've, you're in that place, right? How do you know you're in that place? And so right. 
with mediumship, I have the benefit of my clients being able to say yes or no, or I don't understand, or no, I can't understand that right away. Right. right. So they can validate. And I would say that in the course of a session, most of the information will be validated, but not all. Some, like I mentioned earlier, it takes a little while to kick in. Um, to know that I'm in the right frame of mind, there's a couple of different things. Um, one is that there is a sensation of work that we're all familiar with, but we might not know that we're familiar with it. Let me give you an example. If I say to you, please close your eyes for a moment and imagine an orange. And I want you to imagine the color of the orange and the texture of the orange. And then you can imagine taking your knife and slicing that orange and tasting that orange, right? And have the whole, that whole experience to, to conjure up that in your head. That takes work. It takes a little bit of mental work. The sensation is there of work. When I work as a psychic or medium, the only place that work occurs is when I'm trying to describe what I receive to my client or clients. So it's a sudden knowing. It's like literally somebody placing it, this information in your head and then relaying that without embellishment. Yeah. The relay part is when it gets to work because now I have to find some way to make this make sense for my client. And sometimes it'll be like, well, this person's showing me this, that, and the other, or they're singing to me this, that, and the other, or they're making me feel this, you know? So I want to convey that as accurately as possible. And it's through that feedback that one can develop their accuracy. I found that trusting my abilities as a medium used to be easier than trusting my abilities as psychic. And the reason is, is that when you're doing predictive work often, and you're getting information about something that might be happening future forward. How do you know? You don't know. Right. But you can get that feedback through that email later or a follow-up appointment or something like that. And then over time, you start saying, oh, this is what it feels like to be in the mindset for spirit communication. Oh, this is what it feels like to be in the mindset for psychic work. Practice makes perfect. You recognize it. Does, does this, uh, does this happen to you where when you're just in line with people, uh, like checking <laughs> out, you just sense these things. You can think about it like this. It's like the uh, burner in a gas oven. When I work, I turn that bar burner on full flame. Right. And when I don't, it, the burner's still there. Yeah. The ability never shuts off, right. but I bring it way down. And I do not believe in the idea of a psychic ambush that we've seen on TV. <laughs> um, that's just not ethical or kind to me in any way. Makes sense. And do you, where do you ever run into like um, negative energies, entities that like, try to interfere maybe with, um, maybe you're having some communication, real communication, and then there's um, some interruption of some sort? That's a very interesting question. I have not had that experience at all. However, um, when I help my clients make the most out of their session with me. And I say, you know, we're, we're talking about who to expect that may come through. And I say, well, you know, we've got the in-laws and the outlaws. So while I don't per se have negative entities coming through, sometimes what you will have is a person who is less than honorable or, or less than loving and kind when they were on the earth plane and they've come back to make their apology. And I can get... I get that. Not It's not uncommon. You know, it's not uncommon. I mean, people come back and you can sometimes feel their anger or um, sharp tongue or something like that. And, you know, it's not like it's um, it's not like it's being directed at me. 
it's being given to me as information and evidence to say, when I was on the earth plane, my personality was one of anger. My personality was one of this, that, the other. So that's the only time that I really encounter any negativity whatsoever. And once that information is passed on to my sitter, it usually stops because then they've communicated an aspect of their personality when they were living. Do you, do you believe that spirits or entities can influence the reading that maybe might not have been actually been directed? There's actually like, I don't know, there, it's like planting seeds in that person. They're just because they're messing with. <laughs> I'm not even sure the question I'm really trying to. I'm not even sure what Um, I'm asking, but it's it's, it's the uh, the oddness of like you're given a reading and maybe um, uh, someone who's passed that uh, just wants to interfere with that person because they did them wrong. So they try to interfere with the reading somehow and give false information. Okay. A couple of couple of places to go with that. Um, (laughs) Okay. I I think it's a great question. Um, Okay. So one of the places that I get interrupted the most is when. I open up and it feels like I'm walking into an Italian dinner party where everybody's talking over each other. <laughs> and it's right. not just the, you know, the Italians that have this. I mean, many cultures have this experience where everybody's trying to get in and talk at the same time. Right. So yeah. I've got that happening. And then I just have to back off and say, Hey, one at a time, you know, it's overwhelming. Um, there's also a belief that I know um, that I've heard people say that, you know, you could have an imposter. So somebody on the spirit side of life would come through and they would pretend to be your grandmother. And I just look at, I just listen to that. I'm like, really? That's what they want to do in the afterlife. They want to, they want to pretend to be my grandmother. Really? You know? So I find it kind of amusing. Can you communicate with animals, non-humans? So when I've done mediumship sittings um, from time to time, I'll notice uh, a cat or a dog. And sometimes I can communicate, uh, the, sometimes the name will come through, sometimes the breed will come through. I don't think of myself as an animal communicator. Um, I've been in, personally off this, I've, I've been in animal rescue for a long time. And I would have to say that my abilities of communicating with animals are not nearly what they are with people. So I definitely do not think of myself as an animal communicator or an animal psychic in any way, but um, because sometimes people will be with their you know, loved companions in spirit, you, you'll see that, you know, you'll see that just as you would see anything else. Let me ask you one of the biggest things. Well, I think with most people who've not had an encounter with a psychic or a medium is this skepticism. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a healthy skepticism. I have um, had some really good experiences with psychics who have proven to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that the abilities are there. And then I've also dealt with charlatans who just love to take our money. How do you handle and how do you explain this to someone that is skeptical and just calls it BS? First of all, I affirm their right to that belief. Okay. So before all of this was in my life, I was definitely spent time um, as an atheist or an agnostic at some point in my life when I was much younger. Um, And I don't know that I would have even bought into the idea of spirit at a certain point in my life. The thing is this, um, Before I was a medium, I'm a trained scientist first. And so I understand the scientific method very well. And in general, when we think about what science is, is a series of experiments designed to provide evidence to support a theory. And so when I think of my work as a psychic and a medium, it provides 
evidence to support the idea of an afterlife, and it provides evidence to support ideas of precognition and clairvoyance and these sort of things. But can we prove it for sure? No, I don't think so. So I think that when people say they're skeptical, I say, you know what, I'm skeptical too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a healthy way to respond as well. Do you think there are dangers? I think there are dangers in terms of doing psychic work and mediumship. Yeah. Um, well, the reason I ask this question, because people who are skeptical, um, usually they, they fall into some particular religion, which might sway them to believe a certain way about something. And I'm just trying to clarify if um, to, to alleviate the fear of someone uh, reaching out to a psychic to, to get a reading, because I believe that a lot of people, um, the fear is probably very strong. And that's the reason that they might not ever even give it a shot. Well, there's a couple of places to uh, answer that from. The first one is, is that um, for me, mediumship especially comes from a place of love. It's the whole experience of connecting two people that love each other very much, one on the earth plane, one on the spirit side of life, often more than one person. And so I think of it as a joyous experience, an experience of reunion. It's uplifting. It's enlightening. It spreads joy. It brings peace. I have not had an experience that I would say brings fear. What I do think brings fear is things like, are things like, You know, I'm not even sure that I want to go there. You know, if you come from a religious or spiritual background that makes you feel fearful and does not associate these kinds of things with love and family and reunion, I can see why a person might feel fear. Um, Also, I think the idea that, hmm, this is a hard one. I'm sorry if that I'm I'm, a... no, 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 honestly, I, I understand why you stumble because it's uh, the fear is taught, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's, it's something that they're usually, and, and I too was one of those that was taught that it was an evil thing and that you should avoid it. And then when you experience, you go, no, just like you explained. I mean, it's uh, my experience is it's always come from love. There's never been any reason to have any fear of it whatsoever. Yet I still find there are many people who are just they They think it's bogus because they've never given it a shot. And if you were to really dig into their brain, it's, it's really digs down to fear. They're afraid of it. I completely agree with you. And I think sometimes some of the fear can be of the possibility that life can be different as we're from which we were taught, right? So we're really taught in this world that life is three-dimensional and it's material and there's nothing woo-woo and anything that you can't taste, touch, or smell is, you know, not true, things like that. But then if you ask people, like, how many people believe in God or how many people believe in the afterlife, you know, that comes up um, with a lot of people. And so it's the idea of just getting from the place of maybe believing it to actually seeing it demonstrated that can throw people for a loop. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's uh, considering it for the first time? Considering being, uh, getting a reading or developing your own? Getting a reading. So they're thinking about it. Okay. Well, I think one of the things to do is to come in with realistic 
expectations, right? Um, when I work as a medium, my guarantee is that I can bring through one or more people that the person can clearly identify, but not necessarily the person that they're looking to speak with. And when they do come through, I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what they're going to convey to me, right? So the first thing is you want to come in with an open mind, right? And then another thing is, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, what if somebody comes in asking for the lottery numbers? And they will from time to time, you know? And what you need to say is like, maybe spirit needs to address financial issues. You know, I'm not a, a, I'm not a financial professional, but what I'm saying is, is that spirit kind of has a way of uplifting from the everyday. And those are the kind of answers that will come through sometimes, you know, like, how do you feel about abundance, for example, you know, <laughs> these kind of things? How do you feel about great surprises happening in your life? Um, so part of it is just coming with an open mind. Um, in my work, it really helps if the person wants to participate in the sense that when I'm working as a medium, it's like somebody's coming to my door that I don't know. I've never met them before, but my client knows them and my client loves them. And yeah. as a result, I'm going to get information that can help identify that person that I'm sensing for my client. And so the better my client can be responsive, the, the, you know, with saying, yes, I understand. No, I don't understand. They don't need to give me any background information, but I just want to know if they can take what I'm getting. This is really cool. It really is. I have a couple more questions for you. This is a little bit off the path. Okay. What do you believe happens when we die? I think it's pretty simple. I think that spirit separates from the body that no longer serves us. And because at that point we are an energy that is higher and finer, I do believe we take our intelligence, we continue on, and we continue to a place where people who have gone before that have returned to that state would also exist. Last question, how do people get in touch with you? Sure, there's two different ways you can get in touch with me. One of them is through my website, which is at communicationsinspirit.com. There's an appointment inquiry form on that, or just give me a call, 510-496-3496, and I book appointments um, through basically an email exchange where we find a convenient date and time. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Rom Weber. Um, we're really glad that you came on here today. These insights are really valuable. I think that a lot of people are going to find this really fascinating. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you so much, Russ. It's such a pleasure working with you and all the best to your listeners. I really do appreciate it. And for anyone else, if you have an interesting story you want to appear on this program, tell me about it. Call 864-259-2599. It's all connected at RussJohnson.com.